The diamond I Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. These shoes are a pair of black ladies' shoes. They look comfortable but suitable for the office. They're made of suede on the side and they have a sort of wedge rubber heel and a little lace-up panel on the front. They have a square toe. These shoes belong to Minu. This is her story. It was spring, a lovely spring day. Sunshine and a nice breeze that took your mind flying to calmness peace and away from all the worries of an ordinary day. This was at least how I felt when we moved to Cambridge a couple of years before. But that day it was so different, an overwhelming contrast between the outside and the inside, between what I used to feel and I felt that day was churning my stomach. A whole new state that I'd never experienced before. I didn't know that from that day, the sun and fresh breeze would not take me to calmness and peace, but to melancholy. Life is so unpredictable in a predictable way. I met my husband when I was only 18 and he was 22. Uh, He was my friend's brother we sort of flirted a bit you know it was a bit of kind of a sort of crush then I went away he went away four years later (laughs) I met him again in England and then you know we started a relationship this time I had you know finished uni and then that was the time of revolution in Iran Uh, the uprising had started so I went back to Iran Uh, I was just so excited. He also came to Iran a couple of months later. He was doing PhD, but he left it. But since it was an Islamic regime, you you know, you couldn't live with someone without being married. So we decided just to, you know, have a marriage. We, you know, we we were very different. We didn't really believe in marriage and stuff, but we just had to do it, register it, just in case. And then um, 1979, the Islamic regime you know, the shop was, the king was sent away. And then the, this new Khomeini and all this stuff, they came. And so it was the transition. But then it became very dangerous. Most of our comrades were taken. Uh, in the 80s in Iran, it was bloodshed. And uh, so it became very dangerous. Then we decided to move to Kurdistan. So there was this leftist organization there. We went and stayed there for two years, moved around, in, lived in tents. And then by 1984, we managed to get it organized so we could seek asylum in Europe. But the train had a stop in Copenhagen. And the police came in. Maybe they were told that there are some refugees or something. I don't know, because I don't know that otherwise understand why the police came to check the passengers. 
And then we decided to just seek asylum there because you're supposed to seek asylum the first country that's safe. For a long time, I did not practice my Danish because when you talked in bad Danish, you were immediately looked down at. You go to a shop, if you speak in good English, they will really respect you. But when you speak in bad Danish, they pat- they, at best they patronize you. At worst, very racist. So you, because of that, of course, you can't practice your Danish. Well, my name is Minu. I'm 64 years old. God, I mentioned. Um, I teach English and I also do some translation work. I have three children, one daughter and two sons. And I come from Iran and I was a refugee in Denmark. I moved to Denmark in 1984 and moved to England 1998. Well, it was 2002, no, 20, yeah, yes, 2002. (laughs) And um, I think it was a Thursday that year. It was a lovely sunny day, but he was at the hospital. Uh, We were expecting it. Uh, He had cancer, so we knew. And I remember two miles from our house, I had an accident. My, my mind was somewhere. And I remember I got off the car. All I could tell them, I'm so sorry, my husband is dying. I think I lost my... And I, I don't even know why I was saying these things to them, but I know I was saying them. And then we got there. I just kissed him and I put my head on the wall. I, I, I don't know whether I was crying or just moaning or something. And then... Then we just left him there and went home. When my husband died, uh, my children were 16 years old, the oldest, and then 11, and the youngest boy of uh, five years old. I never gave it a thought. I mean, it never really reflected, oh, I'm a single mother, never. Now when I look back, it wasn't easy, of course. But when you're there in the midst like when you're running, you're not thinking how tired I am. And you finish, you look back and say, oh, I don't know, I'm so exhausted. That kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, of course, it was not easy. Uh, but to be honest with you, in many ways, it was not as difficult as I thought it would be to be single mother. Financially, I managed. Somebody I knew who lived in L.A., he had this company and he did some work there and he would send me stuff. It could have been just an ordinary letter or it would have been like something political or they would ask me to translate it both ways, Farsi, English and English. But then there was less work for a while. I mean, yes, 2008-9, there was not enough money. So I took this course, Certificate for English Language Teaching. I took that course, I passed it, and since it was summer, and summers there are a lot of students coming, I immediately got a job. Combination of teaching, uh, translation still I did, 
and um, started renting rooms and that that helped helped a lot with the income and of course I got help from tax credit which was great uh, that was not difficult but you know to give them all the attention they need to you know for example I remember my youngest boy before my husband got so sick he was teaching him to bike and uh, I could have done it but I don't know why I kept putting it off and you know my knee was hurting me and I wasn't was feeling I uh, what if he falls I don't know what's stupid but I keep thinking oh my god if you were if you were there if you were there then finally my older son taught him to bike he learned it a bit later than other kids uh, I thought a lot that if I did not have any children I don't know if I want had any will to live after he passed away actually I remember I was uh, when when they told me it's a matter of weeks and not months that day that after MRI I was driving and all of a sudden I noticed I'm going very fast towards a tree and just one flash like this the image of my three children came to my brain and I brought my speed down and turned the wheel and I said oh, I have three children and from then on, never, ever, the thought even came to my mind. My daughter, she's 33 years old, and she's, she's working as a director of, uh, of sort of a uh, social project they've managed. I don't know, I, don't, I can't call it a charity because charities, it has a different connotation. And one of their projects is to work with the refugee and then my second uh, child, he's um, 28, and he's a musician. My youngest, uh, he's 22. He had a lot of problems with the school, uh, and he was tired of school. He went to uh, sixth form, then he decided not to, and then he took a gap year then. Then he went to a music school for one year and got a couple of A-levels there. But then he decided to go to uni, English literature and creative writing. So, um, none of them have become a doctor or uh, lawyer. I say that because um, Iranians have this thing of uh, the ones who've moved abroad, uh, doctor or a lawyer. I know a lot of people in the U.S., their kids have all either become a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> After my husband's death, I started writing pieces for therapy more than anything. Uh, and then I thought, oh, I want to write a novel. And I just wrote pieces here, pieces there. And I remember my youngest son, he read some of them and he encouraged me a lot. said, Mom, your, your writings are beautiful. You should really write. You should really write. And then in 2011, I took an evening course in creative writing. And that encouraged me to write a few pieces. This year, I took another creative writing course after eight years. Uh, I've only been to two classes, written two pieces, 
but since they're all from my taken from my life basically is expressing yourself sharing maybe expressing your emotions your thoughts your thought process with others it's it's a nice feeling and for me it's also very therapeutical because i go back and take things out and then when you you write it you try to analyze it maybe as well or look at it from different angles reflect upon it and that could be therapeutic Minu's story was produced by Jessie Lawson Her shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by Empathy Museum's A Mile in My Shoes exhibition The shoes and stories come from all over the world Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we are going next. <laughs>